A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rudy Anson, Rul Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. All right, fantastic. We're here at IMAX Americas, live in Las Vegas, 13th of October, 2022. Across from me, I'm looking to the whites of the eyes of Eda Özden Gunyuz. Am I saying that correct? Good enough. I think what we did yesterday was creating some complicity and simplicity. Uh, we had a little po- uh, no. We we had conversations before in Poland, where a dear friend of ours, who was just inducted into the Hall of Leaders at the Events Industry clap, Council, clap clap clap, clap, clap for Christoph Czeluch, who you'll also hear on this podcast series around design to change. But back to Ida. I remember we were doing a debate with students at Fistula University. Um, how did that? How, what do you remember about that day? <laughs> I remember most um, their enthusiasm and. As we get older, we, we seem to be able to identify problems a lot better, but um, work on solutions a lot less, yeah. and we just seem to complain so much, yet get too complicit in the in yeah. the issues. And those students just were so enthusiastic about, um, and just so inquisitive. Yeah. Um, and then you saw in the debate yesterday how everybody were great listeners, but Pretty not participators. Right? Pretty complacent. And over time, some people do get complacent, and, and, and this is part of the thing that with Tahira and Dean yesterday here in the uh, innovation uh, hub, we uh, sparked this similar type of debate around simplicity or complicity if you do not simplify things more. Now, you're the managing director at MEP Destination Business Solutions in Turkey. Um, I know that your family business has uh, a very strong and good reputation in terms of uh, the incentives events world that you're in. You've also been on the board of Site uh, International for a number of years. Tell us a little bit about how do you feel when coming to IMAX America and spending time in this industry bubble? The industry bubble is much better than my daily bubble. So um, I, it's just so easy to get lost in your everyday life, you know, to the, with your mini to-do lists and um, managing people and solving problems but not looking at the big picture so it's these events that actually get me out of that bubble into a much bigger bubble and you know even talking to peers other dmcs you know people dmcs often just look like very simple like buyer supplier no you learn from everybody who's literally here yeah. there's something to learn from yeah. so even like the, those water cooler conversations they say or the starbucks line which is endless <laughs> it is just such a um, such an inspiration and i just think that's the way to approach it yeah so a good conversation can change the direction of change forever right one of the things we heard uh, our dear colleague anthony vade saying in this intro it's also the intro to the book designed to change would you leave that to chance we shouldn't. I can, you know, I'll take the blame and being complacent sometimes and um, being a participant 
mm-hmm. to conversations, but yeah. not and not leading it enough yeah. in the direction I would want it, or yeah. asking questions so that we can lead it into much better directions. And yeah. as we were saying yesterday, I mean, a, a big crisis is the perfect catalyst for change. Yes. It's when you realize that you know, things actually weren't that great. Yeah. Um, so this is the perfect time for these conversations, definitely. Yeah. And you're inspiring me to do that. Well, planning these conversations is also something, because everybody's really busy at a trade show. And one of the things that we found over time, um, when you know, COVID hit us and we were working with event designs and event designers across the planet, things came to a grinding halt when it came to like being able to travel to places and design events and deliver events and everything kind of went into this online mode where you can also design events using tools like Mural and as long as you have a common language you can do these things. But one of the things that we kept hearing about and that we never had the time to think about was to write down what it takes to have outcome-based conversations with event owners on behalf or with event designers. So that conversation itself There's been so many of them that we've had learnings from, so many frustrating ones that led to nothing or that, you know, certified event designers told us at some stage, I'm really familiar with the process, I love the process, I try to apply it all the time, but I get a no when it comes to claiming the time to have these design conversations because all they want is outcomes or they don't want to hear about the process. And I think what I've learned from that is that claiming the time and breaking it down to produce things that change that situation is what we did during COVID. 80 travel days slashed. We took raw conversations, flipped them into the learnings. The learnings were written down. We tested it in an event and a book came out the other end. But you cannot have conversations in the book. You need to have conversations on top of the book when you have people that are practitioners, people that are in the community of practice to come and have the conversations at spaces like IMAX America or in between. What do you consider from your perspective? Because I know you go to many of the different trade shows, conferences, uh, being on the sideboard. How how, how do you judge the use and purpose of being a volunteer on a board of an organization? What what has it brought to you as a professional? Well, my answer is pretty simple. I was only 28 when I joined and I was privy to conversations with people that I would you know, level of executives, you know, decision makers, thought leaders of the industry that I would never sit on the dinner table with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe a, do a sales call to, but again, to and with are very different yeah. um, words. Yeah. Um, I was able to get, you know, nightcaps with people that I never would have access to. Yeah. And just listening to that level of, the, you know, the big picture was just stupendous for me. So um, as a young person going on the board, you, you can't even imagine. And it's not even, it's not even the big things like design. It's like even even things like how to formulate an argument well. Mm-hmm. Like it's even how to not get frustrated yeah. in an association board, mm-hmm. and you know keep a poker face. Yeah. You know how to deal with those kind of politics with different partners. Uh, basic business conduct. Yeah. It is much easier learned um, from um, from watching people you respect than in theory. Um, so for me, I mean, that volunteer time was incredible personal growth. Yeah. And of course, I met a lot of people. I went to a lot of places. You know, it's been brilliant. Um, uh, you know, a place like Slovenia that I never thought uh, to go to turned out the best incentive experience I've ever had in my life. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, yes, physical changes, but just simple things of, 
how to conduct how to conduct yourself as a yeah. leader. Yeah. Um, so for me, that volunteer time was priceless, yeah. and I couldn't be more grateful. And you know, you I met through you know indirectly through that. Yeah. And I recently had a client, um, and, and now I'm I'm off the board, and I'm thinking, okay, I have too much going on. Young kid, <laughs> you know, managing a company. What do I do? Yeah. And a client recently said, you don't find time. It's not a penny on the floor. You create time. Yes. So if you keep saying I don't have time. You know, yeah, it doesn't just magically appear. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, it's, and you will have less and less of it, right? Yeah. It's not a penny on the floor. So that was a very, that was a little conversation I had recently with a client that just yeah. really made an impact. So yeah. um, we need to make the time for whatever volunteer opportunity, and it might not even be in the industry. It might be a self, um, you know, self-growth experience somewhere else, you yeah. know, dog shelter. It doesn't matter. But yeah. Yeah. you have to keep investing in yourself and yeah. uh, in what you believe in. Otherwise, it just life becomes a little too. It's yeah. like you're in a machine, yeah. and then you just complain. Yeah. Uh, we had somebody else on the podcast called Daniela de Jong. We actually went hiking with her last Friday here in the Red Rock Canyon in Las Vegas. Amazing. Somebody I met through the creator of the uh, empathy map, Dave Gray. We were doing some collaborative efforts for Mural, and uh, meeting Daniela was interesting because she actually um, mentioned to me, you know, if you uh, if you don't grow yourself as a team, uh, the business will outgrow you at some point, right? So and. So, probably a common thing to do but the ability to spend time with people who look at your business from the outside as well and um, ask the very logical but sometimes difficult questions to answer right, to the people that run the business because you're running it all the time you're in the midst of it I think I found that to be also very inspirational um, so sometimes the cancellation of an event we actually had an event planned before this that cancelled fairly short before but it gave us three bonus days in Las Vegas um, that time that you then reclaim somehow and repurposefully can reclaim can be very powerful. And I think I like this expression. I've never heard about it. You know, time is not like a penny you find on a floor. You have to craft it. Right? You have to design the time to be time well invested and not just time well saved or time well time well spent is nice, but time wasted is a cardinal sin. And um, I think this is what you know when when we are at a trade show like this recording podcasts, contributing to sessions, developing arguments, developing thinking together, right? I was very inspired by uh, this idea that, you know, Tahira had, we should bring this debate to the trade show floor and see if the conversations that we have by arguing back and forth in a, in a fun way to create a debate setting, how that will work in a different setting. Uh, if you're looking at um, IMAX America as a concept over time, right, a trade show, um, spending, I mean, how many, how many days are you here in, in Vegas for? Five. Five days. So it's a good work week, including travel, that you're away from the office, right? Um, how do you suspend your disbelief that these, this week will be, let's say, time well spent or time well invested or time saved or time wasted? Which one of these four would you say IMAX America is for you? It is time well spent, um, b precisely because I just get, I, I for one, not a great planner for myself, my, my personal life, and I'm just, I'm always lost in the day to day. Yeah. Um, so it, it so forces great, me to great come for planning out. for others, but yes, for yourself, for it's myself, harder. never. Yeah. So even that time same. on the plane mm -hmm. to myself, I get so much more work done because I don't have my phone on. Um, but you know, I, I'm not the most disciplined person, if I may say. But it's also 
um, I really liked what you said is having some um, questions that you don't ask yourself when you're in the middle of things. When big, um, over the past few years, you know, Turkey faced a lot of um, difficulties, yes. as the rest of Europe, you mm -hmm. know, some very, very unfortunate events, you know, throughout a few years. And during that time, I kept trying to do, you know, sell the same way. I kept trying to have the same arguments, and it was good. Yes, you should, you know, when things are bad, you don't just go hiding. You know, you get in front of it. Sure. But the arguments need to change. The way you conduct business needs to change. And I'm inheriting a business. I'm inheriting a legacy. And I, it was some of my best friends, like Chris, saying to me, are you sure you want to keep doing this? Like, are you sure you want to keep doing it this way? Why don't you consider doing this? And like, it was things, some of it really upset me, by the way. Like, mm -hmm. there were some very upsetting questions. Yeah. Like, how dare you think I'm not going to survive this? Mm -hmm. But then in time, I was like, no. It, Actually, I do need to plan a back, you know, you know access for myself to yeah. some other worlds. Yeah. Um, so it's sometimes like the upsetting questions that you don't even want to, anybody to ask you, but you do need that. So, and I think the conversations are often very complacent as well. That's why we were so happy about the debate format because yeah. nobody seems to, everybody seems to want to agree with each other. Yeah. Um, and yes, problems we can agree on much more easily. Yeah. But because they're a common enemy. They're a common enemy. Yeah. But the solutions require arguments. Yes. And I don't think people are having enough arguments anymore. Exactly. It's the political correctness world. Like and this, also this sugar-coated blanket of goodness that kumbayas everything into the mediocre middle. And uh, I think I'm just, we're just afraid of criticism personally. Mm -hmm. um, we don't criticize enough yeah. in a positive way. But yeah. We don't criticize enough. We don't accept enough criticism, and yeah. I'm—that's uh, uh, something that I really want to work on myself. Yeah. Is um, I want you know, give me positive criticism a lot more. I wish clients gave us more feedback. Yeah. That's my biggest problem with with yeah. clients when things don't work out or when yeah. things go bad or after an event. Yeah. Tell me, you know, don't just say, "Oh, it was great. It was love." You know, no, what went bad? Yeah. Um, so I think that culture is very very dangerous in the long run. Yeah. So you well, can give me some criticism yourself. Well, you know, Ed, I, I, I always like uh, the conversations we had, whether it was over pierogies or with students or here in the, the Spirit of Detroit Theater on the Innovation Hub. Um, even preparing for those sessions has been fun, right? We had conversations on the phone, we had conversations on WhatsApp, um, where we're contemplating things. Uh, and I think Having arguments back and forth in a triad is even better, right? So in this case, you know, um, getting getting two or three people, especially three people, to develop an argument or to think about positions or to even create some controversy when there's maybe not directly a reason for the controversy. In a debate, you need some controversy to create a sparking conversation. I enjoy that a lot because it makes you think. It makes you think. A devil's advocate is necessary for better... Yeah. Um, better thinking yeah. and um, I think I lack that in my life yeah. that's my biggest from our conversations and pre prepping yeah. for this debate and yeah. I think that's what I okay. so everybody's welcome to well I'm gonna ask you a difficult question now okay yeah. <laughs> the question is what's your on your horizon of change for this upcoming year I'm going to well I'm inheriting a company mm -hmm. and um, it's very easy to, when things get tough, or when hard decisions need to be made, or when hard decisions, hard conversations need to be had, it's very easy to go back to your bosses, or in my case, my parents, and say, 
you know, can you take care of this? And my biggest change is going to have to be, um, uh, you know, you know, growing some more courage and having those very difficult conversations either with employees or with partners or with clients and, you know, building that backbone and not relying on, um, on experience because, and some of it I'm sure I'm going to, you know, mess up, yeah. but you only learn when you mess up as well and yesterday I had a very very tough conversation with some partners and I almost threw up I'll tell you and um, I don't know if I handled it well but at least I went off it with a smile I dealt with it Um, so that's my personal growth change that I'm gonna take on those conversations and try to get out of it with my dignity without tears (laughs) well you know emotions are 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 not a bad thing no uh, in that I think you care. What I've learned is that people have become way more human since uh, the things we've gone yes. through the past couple, of, past that's couple good. of years. I think it's a good thing. It also means that vulnerability can play a role in how you manage and how you do yeah. things, how you own specific topics. Um, the thing is, the, this accountability is not just between you and me, because now we have a captive audience of podcast listeners who have also heard your horizon of change. Uh, may I challenge you that a year from today, I will invite you again for the same podcast, and we will look back at your challenge that you set yourself this year and we'll talk a little bit more about that as a design to change kind of petri dish to see how that's going and what questions we have asked ourselves or that we've asked each other um, because I think that's one of the ways in which change works right it's it seems so slow over time day on day you think everything is the same and then all of a sudden year a year forward you look back and you think to yourself hmm, quite a lot happens Quite a lot. Yeah, Yeah, a year seems very short. You know, we keep, I've never missed an IMAX Vegas and it just seems repetitive, but actually so much changes in that period. Huge. No, Um, okay, I'll take notes and um, I'll keep it very honest when I come back. So if I mess up or cry, I'll tell you. And I think think the the note taking happens in your head anyway. And reflection is more something of a conscious choice, but taking the moment to have the conversation is the critical part here. And uh, I want to thank you for taking on that challenge for being on Thank our podcast you. for debating with me yesterday yes. in Tahira here's and to many more debates to, here's to many more debates and to uh, maybe you know I think let's, let's see if we can plan for that next year live again here at IMAX yeah. America uh, or if something comes in between it could very well be that we do this conversation online because now that we've met face to face a number of times I think getting together in yes. whatever format becomes way more comfortable as well right? so, thank you Ida for thank you being so on the much. podcast it was and, a pleasure. And I look forward to upcoming conversations. We don't have to wait till next year no. for the podcast. We'll have more in between. But on this topic, we'll talk again next year. Absolutely. Thank you okay. so much. Thanks. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage. 